Well, I would say good evening because it is late into the evening. Well, it is good night. But who knows when people are listening to this podcast. By the way, our listenership has gone way up. Really? Hey, let's keep it going. Yes. Um, I almost wonder if it's an anomaly, but that's more of an off-air topic, but I did want to bring that to you guys' attention because I think our goal of monetizing this thing may be closer than we think. <laughs> it only took it only took five and a half years. <laughs> yeah, ironically, let me introduce one... 75 we're on episode 175 so we have spent if you figure each episode is roughly an hour of content maybe more definitely not less we usually hit at least an hour it's 175 hours we've invested into this thing well that and all the show prep i mean we prep (laughs) 10 to 15 hours before every show true it's kind of a second work week to be honest with you (laughs) and it shows I am uh, Tommy Two Underscore Zero, and uh, you can find me at uh, Tommy Two Underscore Zero on Twitter. That's redundant. That's it's okay. Not going well, had a big night already, you guys. I'll tell you about that later. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And you can find the show at Where to Turn Pod. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Glenn Three Underscore Eleven, and you know where else you can find me? You can find me just before we started this, cashing a four-game baseball parlay. And putting well. three figures of money into my pocket. So, oh, I'm so proud of you. Big thanks to the uh, the Astros hitting the over on their own tonight. Very nice. That's a good feeling. And I am at Point Break underscore Dave on Twitter, hitting a parlay. That'll uh, that'll pretty good. Wake up in a tent sometime <laughs> in the night tonight. Might have to, you know, I'm just the kind of uh, 20, 30 bucks a game better right now. Um, but I am uh, hit this tonight. I was like 7-0 and on Saturday with college football. Wow. Maybe, now, maybe you need to start sending me picks. This we, is, week this is one, pretty good. Week one, I think I was like 1-5. and five. And then I was I was down, not a lot, but then I was like, all right, I got to do something to make it all up. So I put everything in my account on Notre Dame to beat Florida State. And it came down to that overtime, and I couldn't even watch. <laughs> so you did it on the money line then, because yeah. there, was, there was definitely no coverage happening out, out of Notre Dame in that game. No, it was money line, but it was that was only paying about 35 40% you know, profit. But that's what I needed to get back to even. So I was like, just seems like fate to me. Yeah, I wish you guys were here in uh, in Tennessee with me because things tapered off towards the end of baseball season. I think at some point their AI or algorithm probably tells them like, hey, if this guy's betting baseball games in August, we've got him hooked. <laughs> but the um, the recreational casual player comes out of hibernation when college football and NFL star, and they have ramped up the promotions just absolutely out of sight the last couple of weeks. I, I I made hundreds of dollars of risk-free bets last week. I mean, Tampa Bay plus 73. <laughs> I saw that one. I had the, I had the really awkward, the, this one was great. The, uh, the, opening game for Georgia which was uh, against Clemson the uh, over under was somewhere in the 50s and DraftKings will do this promo where every I think for every $2,500 bets they would get on the over they would lower it by a point so right before game time they had hammered the over down to like 16 and the game actually didn't go over 16 <laughs> But they paid it anyways because it was a promo bet. So they sent an email and were like, hey, don't worry about it. We're still paying it because they never saw, you know, the game, whatever. It, maybe it was whatever it was, like 18. I mean, the game right. finished, like, what, 7 to 10 or something like that? I think so. Yeah. So so it, it missed it by a point or two, but they, they paid it anyways, which was a, a $50 max bet. A few things I've got in play for this weekend. Uh, I've got 
Kyler Murray to score any touchdown, passing, running in any way at even money. So basically, I bet 50 to win 50. Feel pretty good about that one. Uh, I've had several NFL games where they just say, pick any game and just triple the spread for free at even wow. money. So we got a, I got a few of those cooking. Um, yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good things happen in the promotional space. But the one I want to tell you about specifically was one that happened yesterday. So they know they're getting their NFL money, and they said, "Hey, if you bet," and it was it was um, kind of stair stepped up, but it said, "It was like, hey, if you bet twenty dollars on a baseball game today, we'll give you a five dollar free bet to bet on the NFL and then it graduated all the way up and it said if you bet over $100 on an NFL game we'll give you $80 of free bets for a game so I'm like okay this is a good deal like I'll risk 100 well I actually had to bet $100 and one cent to exceed 100 and I'll get an $80 free bet so you know I'm basically I'm standing to lose $20 but I also stand to win you know I could win the bet and uh, so I took the uh, Yankees Baltimore first half or first five under, and uh, we were at a nice two zero score. So I yes, I won my hundred and hundred and one cent bet, and now I have eighty three dollars to bet on the NFL on Sunday. Nice. Thank you very much, BetMGM. The w- weirdest one that I've got this week is on the Caesar Sportsbook app. If you bet a hundred dollars during the week you get a free NFL jersey of your choice. (laughs) But it's actually, when I looked into the fine print, it's even better than that. You just get a $150 gift card to the NFL shop, and you can get whatever you want. So you don't even have to get a jersey. Even better. Yeah. So I'm thinking about getting just one that says Chubb on it, but (laughs) we'll see. I think what I'm going to start doing is I want to be able to – Post one of those screenshots of the the bets where it's like a eighteen leg parlay and somebody bets five dollars to win sixteen thousand or something. I'm just gonna go on the hunt for those just constantly now. Well, I mean, if you're if you're going seven and zero, you're halfway there already. So I see no reason why you can't do it. Well, much like our listenership, I would assume it's a tremendous anomaly. Although I did bet the Angels to win outright at Chicago last night. Just because I don't like Dallas Keuchel, and that worked out. Well, I don't like him either for what he did to my fantasy season, so mm. I support you in that. Tough break, pal. But hey, the uh, point break Dave, Tommy 2 underscore 0, Otani for MVP bet is all but a sure thing at oh, this point. Oh, yes. There is nobody... Vlad Jr. is the only one that's even close, and he's over a plus 1,000 dog right now. So I feel, I feel great about our chances. So not, that, not that, he would, that he would win, but didn't Salvador Perez tie the all-time record for most home runs by a catcher today in one season? That is correct, but he's, he's, not, even on the, he's not even on the board. Yeah, he's not even like on the crawl. No, <laughs> on he's not Center. even on the crawl. Well, that's baseball talk. Yeah, that's baseball and gambling talk. Before we get the show started, though, I have an announcement. Okay. I would like to call a press conference, a show press conference. I feel like when you come out with a big announcement, I chose the word come out carefully there. (laughs) I feel like Glenn's going to give me more support than Dave is here. I think this this announcement is going to shake Dave to his very core. I'm ready. Let's hear it. But I'm I'm going to read from a prepared statement. It's a oh, short wow. prepared statement. But as of September 15th, 2021. That was yesterday. Tommy right? 2 underscore 0 is all elite. What does that even mean? I have switched my allegiance, and I am now only consuming AEW wrestling from henceforth. That is the biggest lie I've ever heard in my life. It has happened. The show, this is the last episode. <laughs> I, would, I would love to hear 
g- give a tight five minutes on AEW because I don't believe you've watched any of it. No, I I sat down this Wednesday, so so I'll I'll take you through my thought process. So the WWE product, while there have I mean SmackDown last week was good, there have been some bright spots, but we'll all agree it's not this is not the mid nineties. I mean this is there there's been some bumps in the road. And I've been doing some self-reflection, and earlier this week, I started to think to myself, I said, you know, when we were doing this podcast, you know, when we were pre-COVID, when things were in their heyday, when Glenn had both arms extended at Minute Maid Field and was just screaming in victory when McIntyre won what we all agreed was the greatest rumble of all time. And we were riding as high as we could. If you had stopped me walking out of that arena and said, tell me who your three absolute favorite superstars are at this time, I would have said Alistair Black, Adam Cole, Bebe, and Daniel Bryan. And I I had a moment Monday night when I was kind of slogging through Raw and was realizing I was skipping more than I was watching – and I said, you know what? I'm going to sit down Wednesday night and I'm going to watch Dynamite top to bottom and give it a real chance because I've never done it. And I was so highly entertained that I left that Wednesday night going, Tommy 2 underscore zero is all elite. After one show, one night. And I am, I am hooked. I am in. <clears throat> so- I will be purchasing the pay-per-view this weekend. So, let me get this straight. You wait till AEW completely hotshots the territory. They have their pay-per-view. They have CM Punk back in the ring for the first time after, whatever, 10 years. They have... Ruby Soho, Adam Cole, and Daniel Bryant, all shocking first-time-ever appearances. You watched the one show after they just fired every bullet they have, and you're like, yeah, that's great. Like, (laughs) it's the best thing out there. It couldn't be hotter right now, and I'm I'm in it, man. I'm in. There, I'll there, say this. I, the I, I like the announce crew. I mean, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone. Oh, I'm Excalibur in for, is terrible. No, Excalibur's not. Um, he's not my favorite. He may grow on me. He's, Sting is involved. Tully Blanchard is involved. Jake the Snake Roberts is involved. They're do you, doing a work shoot angle those, with Brian Pillman's son. Yeah, where were those MJ, last MJF three names is, is trying to do a seance with hell to talk to Brian Pillman Senior. Hey, everything I, I need is there. I will say this: <laughs> the MJF promo. Well, first, if you guys watched the Dark Side of the Ring, the Pillman, I we did. I watched it at your house. In fact, oh, that's right. So the the wife, remember her? The very torn up. <laughs> Yikes! Who I believe her name was Bethany. She is no longer all elite. Well, MJF in his promo called her Methany, <laughs> which was genius. <laughs> so, hey, I will give you, I'm a big fan of MJF. I think he does great work. Did you enjoy Sting when he's out there at almost 60-something years old and just looks so much better shape than all the wrestlers, so much more jacked? Like, he could have a one-on-ten match at 60 and beat half their roster. Luchasaurus is jacked. That dude is that dude is swole. Yeah. He may be part good. of a society for all I know. Mm, no, I'm, all I'm telling you guys is give it a shot right now. It, it is on the way up, and I am along for the ride. Now, I'm not saying I may not change my mind later, but right now... It's as hot as it's ever been. Chris Jericho, it's it's so... The, the, the two hours flew by. There was no just massive pit stops where we got Seamus fighting somebody for 30 minutes. No, but you it love Luchasaurus. Non-stop action. Luchasaurus is Damien Priest with a mask. 
could be offensive, but <laughs> I, I think now we've got we've got the dream match of Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, excuse me, coming up. Omega's terrible. I, I'm I'm all elite. I'm just telling you, just there will be a there will be an image of my face on the little card that says Tommy two underscore zero is all elite. Are you gonna when they come to Nashville? Are you gonna go? Of course. Are you gonna be proud when your eleven year old son is towering over Jungle Boy as he walks <laughs> to the ring? Listen, we learned back in the nineteen nineties that it's not a big man territory, and that's okay. Are you gonna tell Kenny Omega that he looks like a version of Tim Richmond that lifts weights and didn't get AIDS? We sure about the second part? Not entirely. <laughs> didn't actually get into a motorcycle accident. Well, I, I'm kind of shocked by this development. So are you like tribal chief? You're done. You're just like, no, thank you. I mean, I will. I'm not saying I'm totally writing it off, but I'm saying my, my limited amount of time, that is now going to be the priority. Most of my WWE consumption for the next few months is going to be either reading what happened or going back and very quickly breezing through to the high points. But I'm, I am locked in all elite. Did you, uh, I mean, was your favorite booking the MJF Chris Jericho promo or program that they built for, you know, several months and then 60 year old Jericho just beat him clean at the, and just took all his heat away. Did you like that? Was that, I'm not focusing on things that I didn't see happen. I'm saying starting with this Wednesday night and take it from there. Well, this this kind of has the energy of guy who walks in with like three or four episodes left of Breaking Bad and being like, man, this show's really good. <laughs> but, 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 I, you know, I guess we'll see. We'll see where it goes. This needs to be a long term commitment. Like oh, months I'm, I'm, long. No, I'm. This is not a one week thing. I will be committed, and I'm happy to bring any thoughts that need to be brought to this show because I'm all elite. Okay, I've I've watched it before, and I think my stance is more that I just don't really. But but what you're doing, you're giving one up up to be able to watch the other. That's what I would have to do. Yeah, to I have the have time, time to consume. I don't have time it. for yeah to consume six to eight hours of wrestling a week, but. And the other thing is, I like the fact that, that, you know, I mean, I know they have the Friday night as well, but Wednesday night is a two-hour show, and that's the perfect that, that's the perfect pacing for a wrestling show. Three hours is too long for a weekly show. They, they get their business done in two hours, and it's, it's a wild ride. Dave, anything sure. else? No. It's... He's so defeated right it's, now. No, it's I knew just, I knew he would take this hard. I knew he would. Hey, I you don't use your time wisely in general, so I'm not shocked by this. But I'm just saying it's it's basically I'll tell you what AEW is cuz I have watched it. I watch it quite a bit and Tommy will will uh know this feeling. Take you back to 96, 97 when you heard the rumblings of ECW and everyone's like, man, that's like they weren't mainstream. They weren't on TV. You had to buy the, one of their four pay-per-views. And as WWE and w, or WCW are everywhere, they're like, no, ECW, that's the real deal, man. That's the real deal. Now all that stuff's on the network and you go back and watch it and it's terrible like outside of a few good people they had like the you get in there and you watch you know balls mahoney the guy can't wrestle and you're just like this is garbage and that's what AEW is for the most part when they don't have their four marquee guys in there it's absolute garbage This will be a debate that will continue on in the show. But at this point, moving on, I did want to touch on briefly. Glenn, did you... Dave, I'm sorry. You're going to have to just turn your mic off for the next five minutes. 
Did you get a chance to watch the race in Monza this last weekend? So I watched a little bit of it. Um, I did see the near-death moment. Yes, and that's but what I wanted to talk about. I was going to say, but since my declaration for Team Ferrari and everything, we've had the rain-out race, which was just a complete debacle. And then the last two weeks I've been traveling to see family or attend a wedding. So I've been driving or going somewhere on Sunday morning, so I've caught portions of the races just watching on my phone. But, I mean, we're talking maybe I saw a third of it and that was it. So I don't have a whole lot for you. Yeah, I mean, Max Verstappen did his best Ken Schrader impersonation. Mm-hmm. And tried to take Sir Lewis down for good. If not for the Halo, we'd have one less Hamilton. If not for the Halo, we would have, yes, we would have one less, well, we'd have less diversity in the grid. We know that. Do you think they could have, they would just call Jimmy Johnson? Just have him? (laughs) Would, would, what's his name? Toto, whatever his name is, just have Jimmy slide out of the 48 and into the Mercedes? Put him between the pipes. (laughs) What's old one Pablo Montoya doing? I did think it was a little bit odd, and I am no Verstappen fan, and I don't believe you are either, even though he has more Kyle Busch traits than not. But he did not even check to see if Lewis was okay. He just he just breezed right by there after he nearly decapitated him. And I, I felt like that was pretty low class. No, I agree. And, you know, when he's in second place at the end of the season, then... That'll be justice, I assume. And we had the McLaren front row lockout as a result of the top two cars being taken out and the surprise win for one Daniel Ricardo, who probably has the most disturbing podium celebration of anybody in the world. <laughs> How does he shake the bottle of champagne? So, Dave, if you're not familiar with this, Daniel Ricardo will they spray champagne in the uh the paddock. I was going to say victory lane, yeah. but I say the podium, the paddock. It's like the original Mario Kart. That's right. But Daniel Ricardo, being the Australian that he is, pours the champagne in his racing shoe and then drinks it out of his shoe. Oh. It's highly revolting. That and see that. Yes. That's why I'm Team Ferrari. Yeah. Charles Leclerc would never do such a thing. Absolutely not. Speaking of Victory Circle, Dave and I took a great trip. Victory Lane. We took a great trip, racing trip. It was a classic. And I will say right off the bat, Dave, I knew Dave was serious because he kind of pulled me aside and he said, hey, look, man. He said, I don't know if we're going to win this race, but if we do... I brought a shirt for whoever wins to wear in victory lane and then unfurled the head of the table. <laughs> and my only regret is that we weren't able to wear it. Man, it but what a great, great trip. But we headed east to somewhere I think you've always wanted to go, and that's Bristol, Tennessee. I have wanted to go there to see cars race in circles and not in a straight line, but... However you get there, I guess. But what is, yeah, what is maybe not known, excuse me, it's late. What is not known probably by the wider audience is the ability to race in a straight line is directly adjacent to the ability to race in a circle. It's all in the same complex, Bristol Motor Speedway. The uh, name of the track is Bristol Dragway, but the unofficial or I guess official nickname is Thunder Valley because it is, it is literally a drag strip that is between two small mountains so you get the full effect it's one of the most picturesque scenic places I've ever been do they have beer there at 29 degrees yeah it's frost brewed at the edge of freezing okay but this always place have was, to do that Go this ahead. place was quite unique but the the interesting thing about Bristol is it is pretty much in the middle of nowhere. True. So there's not, 
accommodations, hotel accommodations, probably within about ten minutes of the track. So you're 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 pretty well isolated out there. Are there meager accommodations anywhere? Tommy tried to do that, and I put my foot down. Yeah. So I will give, <laughs> as much as it pains me to give Point Break Dave any credit, he really did do a, a pretty impressive feat here. So I had booked a hotel room uh, about. 10 or 12 minutes from the track. And I won't discourage brand names here because we are trying to monetize this podcast. It was a major chain name that Dave immediately took some shots at, which I didn't feel like were warranted. It wasn't the Cuomo Motel. Well, it's (laughs) one that's usually right next to Denny's, and I'm against that. Did it start with Super or Comfort? Or La? <laughs> well, that that starts a whole just <laughs> conversation of things that you're against. <laughs> so yeah, I had booked the aforementioned hotel and sent the information to Dave, and he said, "I'm not staying there." He said, "I'm Point Break Dave. I drive around in a BMW. <laughs> I make more money per hour than most people make in a week." And he said, "I got this." So. Lo and behold, Dave, and I, I give him full credit for this, found out that the Bristol Motor Speedway, much like Texas Motor Speedway, actually has condos at the track. Go and on. Dave, Dave was able to rent us a Bristol condo looking over the circle track. So we, we were adjacent to it. So we weren't looking on the track, but, but the view out the window was all Bristol Motor Speedway. And this place was great. I mean, multiple rooms, full kitchen, giant TV in the living room, everything you could ask for. Except for one thing. The door to Dave's room was really squeaky. We fixed that the second night. Squirted a little lotion down in there, you know. <laughs> makes things work. It's a little seedy, they but it makes have things work. Just barrels of WD-40 there. At the last great Coliseum. But I'll say this. Driving around Bristol, obviously we didn't drive around much other than a few times to get groceries or dinner. It's like driving around Kennedale, only maybe worse. <laughs> we I determined there pretty was country, probably- though. There's probably not a lot of people out there that were, you know, overly worried about the uh, inflation's effect on their 401k or, you know, concerned about some of these new potential tax situations for those in the higher income brackets. That that was, was probably pretty low on the priority list. Like it's too late for there to be fluoride in the water type of thing. Yeah. But I will tell you something that seemed to be pretty prevalent around there that was high on the priority list was not wearing a shirt. <laughs> well, you don't say. <laughs> Even in the grocery store. Really? Yeah. So so Dave and I were faced with the uh, unbelievable difficult decision of we, we needed some, some provisions and I typed grocery store near me and I looked and there was two options. There was a Walmart... And then there was a food city. Hey, the the race is sponsored by, the NASCAR race is sponsored by food city out there. So I immediately pointed that out to Dave and said, well, there's no decision here. We know where we're going. (laughs) And it's then we discovered that when you go into food city, sure is very much an optional requirement. So I want to go to Bristol to go to a NASCAR race there, but now I want to go to do the shirtless Food City <laughs> grocery run. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a very it was a very interesting experience, but the the racing experience was was quite unique for us as well. One thing that we were enamored by when we got there is in the pits. I mean, you know, Devil's Bowl has the trough. Well, Bristol has what's known as the shower house. Whoa. And I asked the lady at the front gate what exactly is a shower house, and she informed me that it is a house where you can take a shower. 
what's the shirt policy in there? <laughs> well, what was funny is I, I just kind of thought to myself, it's like, okay, well, who's really using this thing? When we would get there in the morning, there would be just a number of people you'd see riding shirtless on a four-wheeler with a towel just kind of slung over the shoulder, headed to the shower house, get freshened up for their day at the track. Did you guys walk over there as they're, you know, they're, they're about 19 deep in the shower house line and you kind of give them the WrestleMania point up and you, you point at your, your high-rise condo <laughs> outside of turn two? Another interesting point about the condo I forgot to mention earlier is so we, we actually, Dave was able to negotiate a, uh, a rate that was probably less than what we would have paid at the hotel or very similar. But this weekend is NASCAR at Bristol, and let me tell you, you're going to need to bring your wallet to rent that place during NASCAR weekend. Yeah, But I think if we go, it's probably worth the money. It would be worth the money, but, I mean, it was 5x a night what we paid just the next, you know, a few weeks later, but NASCAR... So how many... How many people can stay in there on one night? Like, how many ways can we divide this? <laughs> you could get it by five pretty easily because there was one room with two beds, one room with a king bed, and a pull-out couch. So, okay, yeah. There was also around the the speedway complex an inordinate number of campsites. They were mm-hmm. everywhere. And of course, when we were there, they were all vacant. But like, I can't imagine what that's like on NASCAR. I just can't even imagine the debauchery that would probably go on there during a NASCAR weekend, especially during an ongoing global pandemic. That makes it even more frightening. No, yeah. it, I can say from being there, there was no pandemic. Oh, that's is yeah. that right? <laughs> Bristol was very clear that there was no pandemic. Did they? Did they spread a mission accomplished banner across the entire state? I just know I did not I did not see a single mask the yeah. entire time we were there. Yeah, I was keeping my the vaccination status under my hat too because I feel like that probably would have been frowned upon. <laughs> it's like, hey, you guys team Pfizer? The next thing I know I'd have been looking down the barrel of a shotgun. <laughs> so how did your racing actually go the racing was a mixed bag because i i feel like when i was a younger racer when i was in my 20s and teens it was very hard for me to admit that anybody could possibly be better at racing than me because i thought in my mind i was the best racer in the world i'm here to tell you that place was full of people that were better racers than me it was a it was a tough lineup and we should have probably figured this out because the problem that Dave and I have is that we've got access to resources that probably a lot of other racers don't have. And by that, I mean the fact that our checking accounts have positive numbers in them (laughs) that we don't, that we're not paying the cash advance fee on our credit card. So a weekend like this, this was a this was a substantial entry fee for this race. This was a, the entry fee for this race was a thousand dollars. Okay, so that's not that's not fooling around. I mean, for context, the the racing that I would normally do on a Saturday night, the entry fee is forty dollars. And I think what we failed to realize is because we've been the racing very well here in Tennessee. I'm sure if you're friends with me on social media, you have seen. The, any number of winter circle pictures, including from last Saturday, as a matter of fact. But the, uh, the, the concept I think I failed to fully process was, okay, the majority of people that come out here and pay $1,000, they're doing it because they think they're going to win the race. They're not out here to have fun. They're not out here for some ha-ha, as Jim Ross would say. They're not creating material for a podcast. No, they're not. They're not out. They're not out there to flash around what the how big swing and D they are in the business community, which is all Dave's goal was out there. <laughs> but we held our own. We represented well. But there, there was um, 
it it would be hard to explain to an untrained audience, but it was it was racing at a at a level that would you would not see on a normal weekend. I mean, this was this was the best of the best. There was there was people out there that were doing things that I didn't think humans were capable of doing, and they were doing it every single time. Was Paul Walker out there? Yeah, him and uh, Ryan Dunn. Yeah, <laughs> Norm Macdonald was the announcer. It was pretty cool experience. Wow. Man, just in time. But Dave, would you agree with that assessment, though? Yeah, no, I mean, it was... There was a lot of good racers. I think... Uh, I think when we go next year, we'll have a little something for them. I think now we know what to expect. Yeah, I think the, the biggest the biggest change for me was and Glenn, you've been to drag racing before, but you know, the so much of the race is dictated by how quickly you can react on the starting line. And if you if you leave even a thousandth of a second too early, you're immediately disqualified from the race. The red light comes on and the race is over. And I think on a normal Saturday night everybody's trying hard but they're leaving themselves a little bit of room on the red light because if you red light you're out and i think the mentality of the people here was we're going to take every pre-workout shake that's available and it's either going to be green and within a thousandth of, of or two of a second a perfect or it's going to be red and yeah, that go for broke oh. mentality is not yeah. what dave and i had rolled up with and i think by the last day we kind of realized like hey we're going to have to race this different than we did and we found a lot more success then. But the first couple of days, you know, we were kind of on our not bad, but more just more conservative approach. And that just didn't get it done. If if the other guy wasn't foul starting in the other lane, they were they were uh, they were just their advantage was just too great right out of the shoot. And it was impossible for us to overcome. So was this a multi-day night event? It was it was a. And just to give some context for the payouts too, this is is probably interesting to the casual observer. Again, you know, a normal race night, you know, maybe first place is a thousand bucks. Maybe on a really feature big night, it might be twenty five hundred or five thousand bucks. Um, the first two days of this race were um, were ten thousand dollar payouts, but the uh, the feature day, the day everybody was there, the day that consumed the majority of that thousand dollar weekend entry fee. Uh, was advertised to pay $250,000. Okay. Yeah. Now, there was an asterisk by that, which meant that they had the ability to prorate it if they didn't get the, the full entry number of entries, which was which was probably unrealistically high. But it still paid close to $150,000 to win, which wow. is... Uh, and it was billed as the largest paying drag race for that class that's ever been contested in the history of ever. And uh, they had... Sounds official. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they had nearly 300 people enter into the race. So it was a uh, it was a very, uh, <laughs> very lengthy day. And they also gave you the ability, if you lost in the very first race of the day, to re-enter the race for an additional $300. So if you lost the very first race, you could shell out another 300 and you can go back into it. And then at that point, anybody who lost after that was was um headed to the shower house i suppose <laughs> but one thing that was cool is they had a uh a, a live stream of it on motor mania tv or something but multiple camera angles graphics like very official and you could sit there and watch obviously we have tommy and i footage of that from the uh from the stream pretty cool stuff yeah, one of the more bizarre pieces of information that we gleaned out of that race was so I've been, you know, I've been goofing around here in the just general, you know, 50 to 60 mile range of Nashville went in a little bit the announcers at this race somehow had the full life story of Point Break Dave and Tommy 2 underscore zero at the ready and we have no idea how they obtained that information it was quite alarming it was weird 
because they they came up there and they said, well, here's Point Break Day from Austin, Texas. His brother's Tommy Two Underscore Zero, which I don't know why they said that because I've clearly not related to Point Break Dave. And he, you know, he now lit, resides in Nashville, and they they started going down like career highlights, and and none of this was provided by us. Hmm. Was Erica Enders mentioned at any point? No, this was a drag race, not an eating contest. Yeah, we did go into an Applebee's in Bristol proper, and they said, well, you guys are drag racers. We said, yeah, and they said, well, we can't serve you because this girl came in here a few weeks ago and almost put us out of business. We don't, we don't have any more ribs. <laughs> she came we just assumed they were talking about her. All you can eat ribs and the Applebee's stock plummeted. <laughs> Uh, did you have any, were there any awkward confrontations or moments with any of the participants? One of the more awkward moments was not not really something we found out about until later, but we, we there were some people from the Dallas area that showed up, and these are people we haven't seen in forever. You know, the first awkward moment was to find that every one of our childhood chums has gained 150 pounds. <laughs> Which is a little disarming. Yes, but one of our one of our more no, high you know notorious notable friends we uh, we saw on Friday morning went up, gave the gentleman a fist bump, said, "Hey, great to see you," chatted for a little bit, and then we started realizing like by about Sunday afternoon, it's like, man, we have not seen this guy <coughs> since Friday morning. Like we haven't seen him. Like he doesn't. It's like he left the track. But and obviously. All these people from Dallas towed their race cars to Bristol, so much larger commitment than we put in. So for someone to show up and then just go MIA is yeah to drive sixteen hours and then yeah and then just disappear off the face of the earth, not compete in any of the additional races on the weekend. We found that a little strange and. Uh, Come to find out, this gentleman was afflicted with the Rona and is not doing very well still. Oh, no. And as far as we know, is still maybe uh, not exactly in the in the clear. Like, he may be closer to Norm MacDonald than he is to uh, the next drag race. Is there any chance his last name is similar to Schmeffler? No, they okay. Uh, okay. okay. They were not there. <laughs> Let's keep them alive. We need yeah, we no, need more Schmefflers yeah. in the world. Yeah, we don't want to see anything happen to them. But no, they, this this guy uh, this guy is not that guy. He does have the name that is shared with a popular action movie that you may or may not know. But we'll just leave it there. It's a little Easter egg for anybody. Um, but yeah, apparently the uh, the drag racing community is not high on the vaccine. They're also not high on just general good health, so that's a bad <laughs> combo. They're just high on everything else. But the uh, the last thing I think we need to touch on uh, is the uh, the church service. Oh, indeed. Yeah, I really thought about you a lot during the service. You know, not one because you and I used to worship together, but I feel like there would have been a power team type incident out of you. <laughs> At this particular service. <laughs> because, you know, again, red lighting and drag racing, obviously bad. This guy had uh, scripturally based a- an entire sermon about how sin's grip on mankind is akin to red lighting. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that may have caused a moment or two. <laughs> But it definitely, uh, definitely caused cough. Dave and I to kind of reminisce about the many racing church services we've been. And by the way, I I'm, I mean no offense because they are doing the Lord's work. But it would be nice if somebody would take the bold step of just delivering a, the word one day and not equating it to some type of racing <laughs> cliche. <laughs> just once. Was this on site? It was. Yes, they uh, they said uh, on Sunday. They said, "Look, we're having church at eight thirty, and then we're gonna have first round at nine. So get to church." 
they have is it an outdoor venue or they have a little they have a little chapel of some kind yeah i mean they had the contemporary service first <laughs> i swear additional to follow with the full choir I swear TMS has some sort of structure on the property for that on Sunday no, mornings. That's, that's just for weddings <laughs> during the race. <laughs> I thought that's what the finish line was. <laughs> no, but there was a uh, there was a tent erected. What does this have to do with church? <laughs> Dave got to race a guy who went with some interesting joke series so I, I guess he uh, tell me if you think this is offensive tell me if you think we should cancel this guy in 2021 he uh, he'd obviously been having a tough weekend he lost a lot of races so he decided to write on the back of his truck uh, with shoe polish that he was a member of the Ray Charles drag racing school <laughs> is that offensive okay. Um, you feel like cancel culture needs to come after this guy? I don't know. I think it's more of just a... That's more self-deprecation than anything else. Well, he had to write that pretty small because the majority of his back window was taken up by a sticker that oh. said Trump and then F, but the whole word spelled out, your feelings. <laughs> Okay, now that that plays right there. That I think that replaces second sucks for my <laughs> favorite race car sticker. How do you drop that, Glenn? Uh I don't know. I already hit the over, so I'm oh, so good. sizing up my next condo. <laughs> but yeah, live sports looked- update. The the Giants just dropped a wide open 45-yard touchdown pass. Sorry. I'm, uh, my only bet was on the uh, Daniel Jones under TD passes. How's that looking? He is ran he, he one a, in. Okay, well, that's fine. He can run one in. And then Barkley ran one in. Okay, that's fine. And they have three field goals, yeah. so you're, I think he's at zero. You got, you got so that one, sounds like it's under one and a half. Yeah, you're it's definitely good. under one and a half. It should that's, be one right now. But. That's exceptional, actually. I'm very glad to hear that. Well, yeah, but. that was. I, I think that was probably the wrap up of the trip. I think. I think. We're, I mean, there is a hundred percent chance we'll be back next year. And Glenn, honestly, if you'd like to join us next year, are we getting the condo again? I think the condo with Glenn could be a possibility. I mean, it's a. I'll tell you, it's a lot of racing, but it's a it is a great time. It is a picturesque it's a picturesque area, and honestly, we could use another guy with access to uh, to fundage because those entry fees are getting a little steep. Mm. Son of Tommy wasn't able to help out on that. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna do this for another episode. But Son of Tommy has started his racing career as well. Oh yeah. Man, what in the world is happening here? We're getting our live sports update. Yeah, there's like... This is, this is Dave not paying attention no, to the show. I'm not, but... I mean, every play, it's either... False starts by the Giants or offsides by the casino it's, operators. It's Giants versus football team. What do you expect? <laughs> These teams are bad. But yes, so Glenn, Glenn, you do need to come next year. It's super fun. Okay. It's, so Glenn, it's do you have, under consideration. Do you have anything to regale us with in the show? Surely something's happened in the life of Glenn since the last time we were on this podcast. Um, did you guys hear that Norm MacDonald died? Yeah, and I, that, this was this was a tough one for me because I, I estimate that I probably watched the movie Dirty Work a thousand times during college. I mean, that was just absolutely in the rotation. It's a go-to, yeah. Hey, you want to hear a a funny Norm MacDonald somewhat personal story? Let's go. Obviously, big fan. Sad, Sad news. But that did cause me and a coworker that I'm good friends with to start talking about Norm MacDonald. And he told me... A story that he was dating a girl and they went to see Norm 
do stand up. I'm assuming in Austin because he's lived here his whole life. Um, and Norm Macdonald did some bit about teachers, and his girlfriend at the time was a teacher, and she made some loud comment about it, essentially like a heckle, and he decided to turn his attention and just destroyed her and all teachers. And the best part about it is someone, not my friend or anyone he knew, but someone in the audience uploaded it on YouTube and we watched it. Like it's the clip of him talking to the girl he was dating at the time. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Amazing. And Tommy would like it because I believe it had to do with teacher's pay, which we all know is a hot button issue for Tommy. Oh boy. I Listen. I don't want to have to sign the screen again tonight, but uh, don't they need d- double the pay for the heroes clause? That's what I say. <laughs> That's on, uh, yeah, it's on my political agenda. Uh, my brief Norm Macdonald story uh, was this week, and she won't be happy with this, but I, I informed wife of Glenn of Norm Macdonald's passing, and I was like, "Hey, um, you know Norm Macdonald." She's like, yeah. Well, he passed away. He died. He died of cancer. She's like, oh no. Wasn't he on the air like just yesterday? And I was like, uh, Norm McDonald, not Norm Hitzkus. Um, indeed. And then she's like, do not email this to the ticket. <laughs> Boy, I would have lost money in that last longer between those yeah. two norms. <laughs> oh yeah. I feel like you'd have been laying like minus a thousand on <laughs> McDonald there, so you'd have you'd have got your money in good and still lost. But we we wish Norm Hitchkiss the best. Yeah, I mean, wrong Norm died, but also we're we're glad to have him. 